navigators. <coughs> okay, just so y'all know how dedicated I am to you. Um, this is my third time now recording this episode. First time I recorded it for whatever reason, it said the upload failed and then my computer crashed. So that was fun. So I had to re-record it. And then I found out today that after I published it, for whatever reason, the actual episode is not in there. So third time's the charm, right? <sighs> Technology sometimes really ticks me off. Anyway, so let's see, how was your week? Did you, I was on vacation. I had a great time in California. I saw family, I saw friends, I went paragliding. It was amazing. It was a great time. And let's see, we got Father's Day coming up on Sunday. So y'all make sure to call your dad if he's still around. And you know what? If you were raised by a single mom, give her a call too. Cause you know, it's only right. Uh, let's see. Ooh, I also have my sister's birthday this month. Um, my baby granddaughter, Miss Amelia Earhart. Uh, her first birthday is this month. And let's see, anything else? I can't think of anything else. Uh, so yeah, I hope you guys have had a great week. And here's one I want to talk to you about. So my past few episodes have been about my journey of, you know, coming to grips with losing my sight and how I started to learn to live and all that good stuff. And I thought a good segue, well, I thought it would make a good segue into talking about, uh, getting a guide dog because really that's, for me, it was a game changer when I got my first dog, Carbon. Um, I've told this story before, but, you know, it's funny, so I'll tell it again. You know, I used to work in a, a city just outside of Olympia, Washington, which, for those of you who don't know your geography, Seattle is not the capital of Washington. Olympia is. So there you go. That's a free lesson for you. I'm going to charge you for that one. Um. So I worked at this area and it was several buildings, several buildings with more than one story, you know, like three or four floors. And there was the, it was called Woodland Square Loop where all these buildings were. And I would walk along the loop during my breaks and lunches and you know, what have you. And uh, one day, I'm walking along and with my stupid cane that, you know, really, I really hated this thing. I mean, I really did. But I'm walking along and ding, 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 and the cane gets stuck in a crack. Well, the cane may have gotten stuck, but Lara's momentum did not. And I brought new meaning to the phrase head over heels when I busted the cane in half and ended up in the bushes. So as I'm sitting there in the bushes thinking, oh, please don't let anybody have seen that. Please don't let anybody have seen that. But I mean, I'm sure somebody saw, somebody had to have seen that. I don't even remember if cars drove by or not, but 
I just, I remember thinking that, please, I hope nobody saw that. Because it was so embarrassing. And I go back to work and like my cane's all busted. They're like, what in the world? <laughs> yeah. So that day I decided I was going to get a guide dog. Now, I had no clue what all that entailed, what kinds of things I needed to take into consideration. Like I didn't understand the bigger picture at that moment in time. At that moment in time, I just knew I was done with that stupid cane. I was, I was done, wasn't doing it no more. And so I started doing some research and looking for schools. The only um, exposure I had to guide dogs was in the mid nineties when I lived in Alaska, I, I knew a man with a guide dog that he had gotten from Guiding Eyes for the Blind in New York. And so that was, of course, where I started, right? That was the only school I knew of. <laughs> and I, I quickly learned in my research that um, there's a lot of differences in the schools. And so the first thing I want to tell you is as you're picking a school, you want to do your research. Um, some schools charge the students either room and board or the trans, you know, the flight, the airfare or whatever. Um, some schools charge the students for everything. Some schools don't charge the students at all. And, uh, you know, the size of the classes is different. And so you want to look at all of those things when you're looking at picking a school, I will say, um, for me, when I found Guide Dogs of America, one of the things that attracted me, aside from the fact that it was no cost, was the fact that the class sizes were so small. There were three instructors and nine students. And so it was, a, you know, one instructor for three students. And that's a really good ratio. Whereas some of the bigger schools, you can have you know, four instructors, but 25 students. And that's just not, uh, I don't know, for me, that's just not, you know, I, I don't, I would like more one-on-one -on -one time. And so there's lots of areas in between. And so you want to look at that as well. And I also would recommend that you look for a school that is close to you geographically um, for two reasons. One, uh, most of the schools, I think all of the schools allow you to have visitors on the weekends, um, or during, you know, certain visiting hours. And so you want to be somewhere where you have friends and family that can come and visit. You're there for several weeks and it can get boring and lonely, you know, and also the schools do a graduation and it's kind of a big deal. And that's something that you you really would want your friends and your family to come and see. And so from a financial aspect, it might be easier for them if the school was, you know, not across the country or something. Uh, so, you know, those are things you want to take into consideration when you're just looking for a school. You also want to look at what kinds of dogs they use. Most schools now use Labradors of some breed. Uh, the great thing is a lot of schools now are using Labradoodles, which are hyper, hyper, hypoallergenic 
so people with allergies to dogs can still get a guide dog. And I think that's awesome. Um, they had gotten away from using German Shepherds for a while. German Shepherds tend to be very protective and territorial. And, you know, you don't necessarily want that because as the dog gets older, it can become a little more aggressive. But they are starting to get back into using German Shepherds again. And, and I don't know, maybe they're tweaking the training a little bit. I'm not exactly sure. But so you want to think about what kind of dog you would want. Um, also, take into consideration where you live. I mean, if you live in a downtown high-rise apartment building on like the 14th floor, is it really going to be a good idea for you to get a dog where in the middle of the night you're going to have to get up and trample to the elevator and go wander around downtown until you find an area where the dog can go to the bathroom? I, I know people that do it and don't seem to have an issue. For me, I that's not my preference. And so that's, again, something that you want to think about when you're even considering making this decision. You know, um, so what happens is typically, you know, well, for me, here, I'll just tell you what happened in my case. So, cause I can't speak for any of the other schools. I'm assuming they work to generally on the same kind of thing, but you know, I'm, I'm, you know what they say about assume, right? Um, so GDA had a guy come out and sit with me. He did a pretty intensive home interview. You know, he talked to my family. I had the kids at the time I was married. You know, it's, it, it seems like it should be just an individual decision that you make on your own. But really, if you have a family, you've got to take that into consideration, right? I mean, does your spouse want to be home with the kids for three weeks while you're gone? You know, is that something you can financially do? Can you take three weeks off of work? I was very fortunate where I was working when I got my second dog they pay you while you're gone to get your, to get your guide dog. And, and that is exceptional. And so I wish more companies would get on board and do that because it's not like, you know, we're taking a vacation because trust me, it's not a vacation. Um, and so there's some other things I'm going to have, I'm going to talk to you about to take into consideration here because, you know, as many times as I hear people say, Oh, it must be nice to get to take your dog with you everywhere. It's not. It's not always nice. It's inconvenient. Um, I, I shouldn't say it. I should say it can be inconvenient. You know, um, if you travel a lot, you have to take into consideration the feeding times. For example, Garmin eats at like six in the morning and 530 in the evening. And so if I'm going to fly somewhere, I don't want to be on a flight you know, that leaves at seven in the morning, number one, because I would be feeding him at the airport. And then number two, you don't want them to get on a plane right after they ate. That's, that can't be good for their bellies. And so you want to take that kind of stuff into consideration as well. How much do you travel? Where do you go? What modes of transportation do you use? Right? I mean, <clears throat> um, where you work. Uh, all that, all those environments you need 
to take into consideration. And that brings me to one of the most important things. <clears throat> so any school you go to is going to require you to have completed orientation and mobility training. And what that is, I call it O and M, O and M for short, is learning how to use the cane. And you absolutely have to have this skill down because your dog does not know how to get you to the grocery store. You have to know how to get to the grocery store. I get that asked that all the time. How does your dog know where he's going? Well, he goes where I tell him to go. Um, after five years in this neighborhood, I can get about a half a mile from home and say, okay, take me home. And he will. Um, but you have to have your orientation skills down. You have to know your home area. Absolute must. You have to know your routes that you take to the grocery store, to the salon, to the bank, wherever you go, to the bus stop, you know, anywhere you go, you need to know those routes. Your dog has never been there before, right? So how can you expect to throw a dog into the situation that he's never been and say, all right, take me to the nail salon. Like the, it's, it doesn't work that way. And I don't understand why people seem to think it does. Um, so you need to learn your home area. And I'm saying this very emphatically because I actually, when I got Garmin, I only lived in this house for a month. And so I only had a month to learn my neighborhood, my, you know, where I go, my routes to the bus stops, all of that. And I thought I had done a pretty good job. And when I brought Garmin home, you know, we did lots of routes during the day and we, we did a pretty good job, but then we did a night route that did not go so well. <laughs> so when you're walking in my street or in my neighborhood, when you walk down my road on my side of the street, you go down and it curves around and you don't cross any streets, but then when you cross over to come back up on the other side of the road, you cross two streets. Now, I was not fully aware of this. I mean, I did not have it memorized. I, I obviously did not because, so we crossed and we turned to come back and it was real soon before we came to another road. And I was like, okay, that's not right. So we kept going forward and we went a little farther and a little farther and we came to another street and I thought, all right, this has to be my street. So I crossed and I turned to go back up to my house. My house is on the corner. We walked to the last house, went up the driveway, the little walk path to the front door. Everything was exactly the same. And I got to the front door and I went, huh, this doesn't look right. <laughs> went to the wrong house. <laughs> so walked back down the pathway, got down to the sidewalk and I called Justin. I was like, yeah, I don't know where I ended up. I took a wrong turn somewhere at Albuquerque <laughs> and I went to the wrong house. And so, you know, we ended up finding each other and it was fine, but you have to know, you have to have your orientation skills down because had I not realized 
that I was at the wrong house and just opened the door and walked in. Like, could you imagine? I mean, I've already gotten in the wrong car. That was terrifying enough. But could you imagine just walking into somebody's house and realizing it's not your house? Uh-uh. No, thanks. Like, <laughs> no. And so you really, really, I, I emphasize it so much. Because the school will require you to have completed your O&M training. You have to have your certificate. And that is, you know, a necessity anyways, as you lose your sight, because you have to learn your directions north, south, east, and west. You have to learn to navigate your area. Because if you don't, you're just going to sit at home and rot like a dry, nasty couch potato that turns into vodka. And believe you me, it does not smell good. So... You want to learn these O&M skills and take them seriously if you intend to at some point get a dog. And then again, learn your home area. Um, also, you want to take into consideration there is a financial aspect. Uh, once you have your dog, uh, it, it varies from school to school, but I mean, well, no, it doesn't. Once you have your dog, you are responsible for the vet bills, the grooming bills, the CPAP machine if, you know, they snore too loud, um, all that you're responsible for. And the food, the flea and tick medications, you have to keep up on their vaccinations, all of that. And so there is a financial aspect that you need to take into consideration which again is another bonus to going to a school that's close by because typically I know, well, I know GDA and I know a couple other schools, um, they graduates can take their dogs to the vet on campus for free. And then any kind of medications or anything that they need, like their flea and tick or whatever, if they need any antibiotics or whatever, you get at a very discounted cost. And so it can save you quite a bit of money if, you uh, are close to the school. In fact, when Car when I had Carbon, um, <clears throat> he had a problem. He, well, long story short, he tore his ACL in his back left leg, which is why I had to retire him. But I had taken him to the vet and they were saying that they would need to do an MRI or x-ray or whatever. And it was going to be thousands of dollars. Well, it's only 300 miles to drive out to the school. So I went out and got all the x-rays and everything, all that done for free. So that was a huge benefit right there. Um, but then your vet also, you can find vets in your area that offer discounts for guide dogs. So that's also an option, um, but you definitely want to take that into consideration. You also want to take into consideration where you work. Um, I mean, it, they can't deny you, but I would say if you work at Taco Bell, it probably may not be a great idea for you to get a guide dog. Uh, <laughs> just saying, you know, um, there, Again, they can't tell you no, but I wouldn't recommend it. Um, so that you want to take into account. You want to take into account if you have 
other pets also and will they get along with another dog and you know that will also take into account what kind of dog you want to get because you want to be able to get a dog that has good enough personality to where if you have like three cats he's not going to be playing tom and jerry chasing the cats down all day right although that could be fun to watch that makes might save you on your cable bill so you know keep that in the back of your head um but anyways <clears throat> You know, you, you definitely want to take that into consideration as as well as how you travel. I mean, if you get a 110 pound German Shepherd and you take a lot of Ubers, you know, that might get a little hairy. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> anyway, um, so... <laughs> You definitely want to take that into consideration. And again, if there's allergies, you'll want to request a hypoallergenic dog. Um, you, you know, as you're, you know, you're going to learn all this stuff as you're looking at your schools. You're going to look at, you know, whatever school you're looking at going to, you're going to see what all they offer, what the training is like, what kind of dogs they offer, um, what the graduate services program is like. Um, I know Guide Dogs for America, if I have some kind of issue with Garmin that I need some extra help on, they will either work with me virtually or send someone out to come and work with me to get whatever issue is that we were having resolved. Um, and that was very helpful when I broke my ankle a year and a half ago because I had a lot of trust issues with him. And so having them come back out or come out after that and kind of give me some support and some, you know, because we didn't work for probably two months. And so he was rusty. I was rusty. Plus I didn't trust him. So I was hesitant. And so having that extra support and a trainer that, you know, was able to come out and talk to me and, and work with me through all that stuff was really super helpful. And I'm, I'm hoping here in the next week or two, hopefully to get one of Garmin's former trainers on and so that she can kind of discuss, you know, the training program as it goes. I mean, I can tell you that these dogs, they are, <laughs> the school calls them the Navy SEALs of service animals because I mean, they just, they're so well-trained, they're so well-behaved and it really can change your life. Um, especially if you like to get out and about, I mean, the cane is, is fine, but it doesn't do anything for like low hanging tree branches. So, you know, if you out walking about out and about and you get whacked with tree branches, wouldn't it be nice to have a dog that stops you and lets you know that they're there? Right? So, you know, but I do want to reiterate the fact that there are some things when you get home that you are going to have to train your dog. For example, the main road up here where I live has the audible crosswalks. So the, the buttons beep, right? And so I've trained him to go to the button, find the button, find the button. He takes me right to the button. Don't ask me how he always knows which one. Right? Because you got the north-south and you got the east-west. But somehow he always takes me to the right one. And, you know, so I got him, you know, and you have to learn these things. Because, again, 
your dog trains for the, his whole first two years. He learns how to be out in public. He learns obedience. He learns, you know, he spends six months learning guide work and how to keep you safe. And then you train with them for three weeks, three to four weeks. But that training has to continue when you get home. Because like I said earlier, you know your home environment, right? Your dog does not. Never been there before. Doesn't know where your grocery store is. Doesn't know where your nail salon is. He can't get you there. You have to know your area. And they are very adamant about having good orientation and mobility skills for that reason. Because, you know, even though, even if you don't know your home area or if you get stuck in an area where you're not familiar, if you have your basic O&M skills down, you can reorient yourself and get yourself to where you need to be. And so that's why it's important. You know, you, it's, the dog is is great and they're super smart but they can't do everything um and i know a lot of people use their google like hey navigate me to the grocery store or whatever and that's fine too but you're gonna have obstacles in your way that you're gonna have to watch out for and so the dog is an amazing tool for that and you know if you're a dog lover it helps. So, you know, if you guys have questions or, you know, want some help researching schools, please feel free to reach out to me. My email address is garminnavigates at outlook.com. You can also send me a direct message on my, any of my social media. Um, Navigating Life with Lara and Garmin is Facebook, LinkedIn, and WhatsApp. And then my Twitter is at Garmin Navigates. So you can hit me up in any of those places. Uh, If you follow me on Facebook, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please, I would love to get more followers on Twitter and on Spotify. So, you know, that would be awesome. If you would please follow my Spotify podcast, Navigating Life with Lara and Garmin, I would greatly appreciate it. Until next week. What do I always say? Come on, guys, say it with me. Be a blessing, not a burden, and hand out compliments instead of complaints. It will not only change your day, but it'll change the day of everyone you come in contact with. I guarantee it. All right, y'all, until next Friday. Toodles.